0: We have a very special guest on today's show. We are bringing on NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah to talk about a new and improved Justin Herbert and one of the most exciting Chargers teams we've ever seen.
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Locked on Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by guest booker extraordinaire, David Droegemeier, my co-host, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for over six seasons. We're headed into our fifth season as host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day and to make sure. You don't miss a very special episode like today. Where we're bringing on Daniel Jeremiah, one of the best in the business. Make sure you're subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But thank you for making us your first listen today. And today with Daniel Jeremiah, who's also, you know, one of the voices of Chargers Radio. He's the color commentator on the radio with Matt Money-Smith, and they obviously do a great job there. But so excited to talk with him about Justin Herbert, about a couple of breakout candidates like Josh Palmer, how impactful guys like J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack will be for Brandon Staley trying to run his style of defense and just how crazy it is what we've seen this roster turn over just since Brandon Staley has taken over, and he has great insight and all of that. We'll also get into Sony Michelle, the Chargers' new RB2. We'll talk about that and what it means for the rest of the running backs in that room. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, we are here with the biggest interview so far of the season. Super thankful to have this guy coming on the show today. One of the guests we've been trying to get for a long time. We have Daniel Jeremiah, the Chargers Radio color commentator and analyst for NFL Network, and of course, the host of the Move the Sticks podcast. With Bucky Brooks, Daniel. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. You have such great insight on the Chargers, the draft, and everything. So we really appreciate it.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we came on here about just the the excitement for this team and this season. Um, I've I've uh, followed this team since I was knee high. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember. I guess you probably go back to those early two thousands uh, teams. Oh six, that were yeah, sacked. yeah, in that in that era um That was as talented a team as there was in the league for probably three or four years. It feels like this has kind of gotten back to that point.
0: It does kind of feel like it. And I think, you know, obviously the first thing you go to is Justin Herbert. And just the fact that you go from Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert is obviously ridiculous. But when it comes to Justin Herbert, the one thing we've heard consistently throughout the offseason from Brandon Staley, from Joe Lombardi, is that it's football 202 now, right? The, mm-hmm. the, Continuity of being in the same offensive system for the same time as a pro with Joe Lombardi in that system. But after putting up already borderline MVP numbers in 2021, like what are realistic expectations for an improved Justin Herbert?
1: Well, I, I think you're looking at, you know, put numbers on it, but I think 5,000 yards again is kind of my expectation. It sounds weird to just expect somebody to roll out and right. get 5,000 yards yeah, this season, yeah. but. That's kind of where you start, and I, I think that the efficiency is going to tick up because, as you mentioned, he gets a chance to play in the same offense for the second year. And just being out there at camp, and I know you guys have been around him, there's a difference. You can notice it with him yeah. and just how comfortable he is, um, and not only just kind of with the team and the offense, but just in his own skin. He just – you can tell there's – yeah. There's, yeah, there's an ease about him. You know, there's not that, that kind of uh, – I wouldn't say angst, but, you know, there was always just kind of a little bit of tension, you know, and, and it wasn't stiffness. a bad thing. Yeah, just as a young player right. trying to, to, to find your way. And now it's like there is a, you know, there's a confidence and a calmness that just kind of oozes out of him right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems that way. I mean, it seems like he's starting to kind of warm up a little bit to the NFL, get a little bit more comfortable. And that's definitely really nice to see. One of the biggest ways the Chargers have helped out Justin Herbert is by rebuilding a truly bad offensive line that he had in his rookie year that made Corey Lindsley the NFL's highest-paid center, and they used their past two first-round draft picks on Rashawn Slater and Zion Johnson. How important do you think it is that the Chargers poured so much premium resources into protecting their young quarterback?
1: Yeah, Filer's been awesome, too. I mean, yep. they, they yes. just flipped the whole group. Um, I would say, you know, if you go right guard to left tackle, I don't know that there's a, a better group in the league. Now, that's gonna let's see how Trey does uh, at right tackle. He won that right. job over Storm Norton. The nice thing is, I mean, there's I count on one hand the number of big time right tackles we have in this league. So you know, right. even uh, if he can just play it at an acceptable level, and they can help him out with backs and tight ends when they need to, they can you know slide protection, they can move Herbert, they can uh, they can they can be fine uh, there. But I go right guard to left tackle as good as anybody. And I you know one of the things I think that's underrated with this group, it's not lost on me that not only are these guys and you know athletic and and strong powerful dudes, these are they're, they have drafted all intelligent offensive linemen. These guys yeah. are really bright. Bringing in Lindsley as well. Um, there's, you've got one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, uh, with one of the smartest offensive lines in the league. If you, you guys know Austin Eckler, I would right. say is as smart as any running back there is in the league. I would take Keenan. You know, you're talking about somebody on third down and understanding coverages and, and things as smart as anybody there is. So when you get a talented group um, and you have the the intelligence that they have combined with that you know 202 is is just kind of the start you know this is going to be a 300 400 level course here uh, real real soon
0: yeah i mean it definitely seems like that and for the offensive line i mean at right tackle specifically i mean if you just have better than what you had last season right i mean wow. that already makes a huge improvement and i think he, whichever one of those guys won that job you're probably going to get that either way but the chargers also rebuilt their entire defense and basically went off season but the biggest additions obviously. J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. And Brandon Staley was a guy that took some heat last year besides the fourth down calls, right, for being the defensive genius, right, the defensive mastermind who led the two, 2020 Rams to the best defense in the league, but maybe didn't have the players he needed, and obviously they were bad defensively last season. But what do two players like J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack do for someone like Brandon Staley? Like what options does that give him X's and O's wise from a place that he couldn't do it last year?
1: Well, I, I think you start, first of all, up front. And I know those are the two, the two big names, obviously. But with Khalil combined with what they did along the interior of the defensive line, you know, with Austin Johnson and uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, just being able to, to stuff the run a little bit. Khalil Mack, they don't need him to be a 12, 13 sack guy. They need him to set a physical violent edge, which he does as well as anybody in football and has throughout his entire career. And if he gives you, you know, eight, nine sacks to go along with that and just compliments Joey – and gives, gives Joey and the rest of that group more opportunities to rush the quarterback because now you're, you've got third and six-plus instead of third and ones and twos. Um, that's where the value is going to be. So you start with up front. I, I love that whole mix of guys. Morgan Fox, throw him in there as well. Um, it's a totally new-look group. And then with JC, it's about just taking the football away. Um, you know, you talk about how fluid he is, and he's instinctive, and he's always in phase, and he's tough all that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, they brought him in here because he takes the football away. And if you have an offense like this one and you can give that offense one or two extra possessions uh, every game, you're going to win a lot of football games. So that's what I'm excited about. And I'm, I'm also excited just kind of, you know, with some of these other players and we can get to them, but like Nas Adderley, um, you know, the more great players that you put in there, like the less pressure on somebody like that. And he's got it in him. You guys have seen it. He's, he has been so close to making so many plays. He just hasn't been able to quite finish. And I think, you know, putting other finishers on that group, and J.C. Jackson is probably the best in the league right now, I think you're going to see Nas Adderley blow up this year and totally take off.
2: Well, and that. and with Derwin James too, right? I mean, what does this yep. addition do to help Derwin James and kind of unlock him and unlock his ability him to move weapons. all over? Yeah. You know, hey, Brandon, you he said he wanted to arm him like the quarterback, right? So what does that do for <laughs> Derwin James this year for this defense? Well, yeah, it's huge, you know, and
1: to me with Derwin, I've said this since he came into the league, there's nothing he can't do. But to me, like his greatest value is the closer he is to the line of scrimmage because he just, he creates havoc down there. And when you are confident, when you are confident and you don't have to have him as a floater, because there's some games against certain offenses and certain receivers. They're like, Hey, we've got to play Derwin high last line of defense. He's got to float over the top and keep the ball in front of us and, and try and limit big plays. Well, when you get confidence in your corners, you can free him up. You can loosen him up and, and let him roam down below where he's just a nightmare. Not only covering tight ends, blitzing, um, you know, being a force player against the run, shooting gaps like that. To me, is the best of Derwin. You know, it, it's one of those okay. things where you can you 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 can get enamored and excited about the vast skill set that he has. But to me, it's like okay, that he does all these things so well. But like the the best thing that he does is when he's down low and you can cut him loose.
0: I mean, him as a blitzer is just a, oh. a pleasure to watch. It's, it's a thing of beauty. Many, I've, I've said for a long time, my favorite thing in football is Derwin James getting downhill. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's animal playing it. You know, it's Lion yeah. Gazelle kind of stuff there because he's just that big of a weapon. And it seemed like last year he was kind of, you know, plugging holes along the ship, you know, yeah. as things were kind of breaking down, they kind of had to use him places. If they can deploy him from positions of strength, I mean, look out because it, it could be crazy and we could be talking about Derwin James in a different light next year and we already talk about him as, you know, maybe the best safety already in the league. But we do have more questions for Daniel Jeremiah, including about one of their new safety, somebody he was eye on high on in the draft and JT Woods will also talk about breakout candidate Josh Palmer coming up right after this. All right, well, before we get back to Daniel Jeremiah and a couple more things we want to talk with him about, I do need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.net. Bet online is my favorite place to play. And right now, guys, it's the best time ever because football is back. I don't know if you guys saw that wild, you know, day of college football we had last night, the wild night of college football we had, but football is very back. And the best place to bet on football is at betonline.net. And one of the things I love about it is the creativeness of all of their bets, doing crazy prop bets I love, and just going on and looking at Justin Herbert for MVP, right? How many yards will Keenan Allen have in 2022? Will he go over 1,000? There's so many things to check out at betonline.net. You can even do live in-game betting, which is always great if you're trying to save the day. And you always can find every sport that you're looking for on BetOnline. You can go MMA like UFC. You can go MLB with baseball, basketball, golf, hockey, whatever you're looking for, even your favorite Vegas casino games, you can find at betonline.net. So make sure you guys head to your desktop or use your mobile device to head to the website so you can learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we are back here with... NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah, the host of the Move the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks and obviously the Chargers radio color commentator. I'm sure you guys have all heard him on there. And if you haven't already, go follow Move the Sticks on Twitter. He's a great follow on there. You get a lot of draft stuff, get some Chargers stuff. It's great. But we do have more questions for him here. And one of the things I definitely wanted to ask you about was someone that you were high on in the draft process. And that's safety JT Woods. You were higher on him than a lot of other places were. And I mean, you can see why. And so far. It's been an up and down bag for JT Woods. It's only a few preseason games, obviously. But a lot of what happened in college has happened so far in the preseason, right? The reads are there. The athletic tools are off the charts. He's making the reads. He's getting to the places he should be in a lot of instances, but he's not being able to tackle. So I just wanted to get your kind of insight on obviously that was a problem for him in college. But how hard is that for a young safety like that a young player just in one offseason trying to, you know. Relearn the fundamentals of tackling and kind of getting up to speed at the NFL level.
1: Yeah, it's you know one thing to you know to tackle. It's another thing to tackle NFL players, and so (laughs) I think he's kind of getting an education in that regard. (laughs) Um, You know, yeah. The good thing is, look, he's taking good angles. He's putting himself in position to make plays, and some of it is just a really it's a technical thing. He's not bringing his legs with him on contact, so he's leaving he's leaving his feet. And when you're going to go tackle, you know a 200-pound 200, 200 back in the Big 12, you can leave your feet and pop him and he's going to fall down. These guys aren't going to fall down like that. You've got to run your feet. You've got to wrap and drag him to the ground. So, um, you know, that's just technically something he's going to have to fix. You know, obviously we said it in the draft process, he just needs to get stronger, you know, get physically yeah. stronger. But you've seen the flashes. You've seen the glimpses. Had a pick that was called back in the first yep. game. Um, ranged over the top would ended up, you know, kind of picking off his own man, which ended up uh, being a long touchdown. I think it was the Rams game. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the very first game. But he, if you go back and look at that play, he's on the back hash and gets all the way over to the far sideline. Covered line a ton kind of ground. Yeah. You can see the range. So he can absolutely run. Um, you know, he's got a history of ball production. He's got to improve as a tackler. And that's one thing, you know, it's, that's, that's uh, a, you know that's kind of a non-negotiable you're going to have a hard time getting on the field if the, if they don't trust you to get people on the ground as a tackler at that position it's called safety yeah. for a reason you got to keep us safe and eliminate big plays and he unfortunately hasn't shown enough in that department where i think we see him earn meaningful reps at least early in the season um and that just is what it is still believing in him still believing his upside um but he knows it's it's very obvious there he needs to improve
2: yeah, it seems like there's a lot of parallels between J.T. Woods and Chris Rumpf. I mean, just in the fact that Chris Rumpf was a little bit undersized his his first year in the league, he put on some good weight, and now yeah. you know he's actually a, a he was the star of
1: the preseason. I, yeah. I, I yeah. you guys tell me. I thought he was the I MVP so. of the preseason. Oh, he was Phenomenal, hundred percent. And at least yeah. J.T.
0: Woods is willing, right? You can't really teach the willingness. Yeah. At least he wants to hit people and shooting gaps, tackles for us almost. Uh, it's just, it's tough.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. I, look, and angles are. Angles are harder to coach. That's kind of an instinctive thing. That's a feel. And he's taking yeah. great angles. He's putting himself in position. He's got to finish.
2: Yeah. yeah. Hey, one of the guys that, that really kind of showed everybody what he's capable of in, in the preseason as well is Josh Palmer. I mean, Josh Palmer was electric in, in, in one that of those preseason game. games, yeah. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he was fantastic. Uh, obviously, with this offense, there's a lot of mouths to feed. There, there's a lot of explosive weapons. But do you think Palmer's going to find a way to be an impact player for the Chargers this season?
1: I, I definitely think he will, you know, and it's not, you know, look, there's going to be some attrition throughout the year as well. Guys are going to get nicked and you're going to have totally. a chance to see his, his role increased, but there's also just going to be games where I think they're going to live in three wide and he's going to get a chance to get a lot of, a lot of reps and a lot of snaps. And he's got the confidence of the quarterback know, I mean, that's the biggest thing. So we got all the ability in the world. If the quarterback doesn't trust you, it doesn't matter. And yeah, I think sure. you've seen, we've all seen with Justin at the end of last year, he's got tremendous confidence in, in Josh and Josh can do everything. You know, I feel like, Mike has shown, you know, his growth and earning his contract extension that he was more than just a vertical guy. He showed that last year. We all know what Keenan's been throughout his entire career. I think with Josh, you know, he kind of came in as somebody who could play above the rim and was real rangy and athletic. And all of a sudden you've seen it in the preseason and watch him snap off routes like he's he's showing he's a complete wide receiver, which is really exciting for the future.
0: Yeah, I think the last game, it was so cool to watch. Because you saw different parts of it, right? Like one queen break on an outbreaking route where he just created like 10 yards of separation. And then another contested catch situation where, I mean, the guy's right on top of him, and he's able to separate in that deep part of the field. And then maybe the most impressive part, right? The screen, the screen pass yeah, they yeah. run where he got to show a little bit of the juice, a little bit of the yards after the catch that I think the Chargers were sorely lacking last season. They weren't one of the best teams in yards after the catching guys forcing missed tackles. He forced like three missed tackles on that touchdown rumble on that screen pass. But one of the things that's been interesting since Brandon Staley has taken over is it does seem like he's been able to turn the culture around a little bit, right? In a lot of ways, he's building the relationships he said he was going to build. I think he found some of that in free agency this year with some guys coming in, wanting to play for him late and on the cheap. But one of the other things is it does seem like he has a huge say in what's going on in free agency and in the draft. And maybe other coaches did like Anthony Lynn as well. But it feels like you really feel it with Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco. It seems like those two dudes have hit it off right away. I mean, last season, it was the offensive line, right? They poured everything in the offensive line. This season, it was the defensive side. And Brandon Staley told us before it happened, he's like, hey, I think we're going to do that on the defensive side this year. How impressed have you been just with how much different this roster looks and how much more talented this roster seems than it was, I mean, even before the last offseason?
1: First of all, I mean, I'm, you know, I think a military term is what targeted strikes. Like this is yeah. this is the approach that they've used, you know, since Coach Staley got there. Is this is the problem we're going to deal with right now? First and foremost, it's the offensive line. Let's take all of our resources and let's solve that one problem. There's yeah. other times in other teams, and I, I think you've seen it sometimes uh, with the Chargers in their past. Is you're trying to spread your resources and trying to solve all the problems, but you can't. Um. so let's just get one take it off the list and they did that um, in a phenomenal fashion with the yeah. offensive line and this year they they've put their focus and their sights squarely on the defense and I mean they they paid JC the big money but I think the number one priority was we've got to shore it up up front you know we, mm-hmm. we can't we can't be this bad at the point of attack anymore and so they they threw a bunch of resources at that to get that solved and i You know, by all accounts, looks like it's going to be a much better group. So I like that, that focus and that attention on solving one problem. Um, The thing I would say about, you know, previous coaches and and not just with the Chargers, but I've been with teams that are like this as well. The job of the coaches, in my opinion, is to kind of create the menu and say, this is what we need. This is what plays in our defense. This is the absolute, you know, non-negotiables got to have it. And then these are some other gray areas and we can worry about that later. I've been on teams where coaches did not define the, the vision for the team. And so you kind of like, okay, we'll just go get a bunch of talented guys. Uh, hopefully they fit and they'll figure out what to do with them. And I've been on other places when, you know, it's like, hey, this is exactly what we're looking for. This is what we want. You know, you bring in a DB coach into the, into the personnel meeting and he makes a presentation on what he's looking for and what they need because of who they play in their division and what we ask of them in our scheme. And man, it makes scouting really easy when you can go out there and say, okay, I know exactly what I'm shopping for.
2: And that seems exactly what Brandon Staley does. It seems like in everything, great communicator. You know, ever since yeah. the first press conference, it seems like it was just appointment television. This guy is a clear communicator, a very strong communicator, knows how to build those relationships and knows how to define exactly what he's looking for. And it seems like that has definitely manifested itself for the Chargers.
1: He's got a clear vision. And I, and I give Tom Telesco and their staff a great credit too, because they've been able to go out and get those deals done, uh, yeah. being able yeah. to find and fill those spots. It just so happens some of them, you know, obviously fit the criteria because they've played for Staley in the past. So, you know, exactly, and you take the guesswork out of it. Uh, but you still got to go out and identify those guys and, and get the deals done. And, and they've done a nice job doing that.
2: Absolutely. The char- Chargers fans, you know, we've been burned many times you know. <laughs> by getting excited about teams that have inevitably didn't live up to the hype. On paper, this seems like it's one of the most talented teams in franchise history. Do you think that the, this year could be a, a deep playoff run for the Chargers? I always look at it. The same way whether
1: it's with the chargers or you know doing the nfl network stuff and looking around the league i I look at teams with quarterbacks and i look at teams with pass rush and that's how you win games in the league right now it's how you win championships so if you've if you've got superstars that can that can get after the quarterback and you've got a superstar who's throwing the pill around you are you are one of the you know select teams that has championship hopes you know and rightfully so so And I always look and say, okay, who's going to make the jump? Like, what teams have gotten markedly better in these areas? And I'll say Herbert, year two in in that system, as great as he was, I still think there's more room for him, which is scary. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, throwing Khalil Mack in the mix. We mentioned Rumpf put on 15 pounds, adding him to the rush. Uh, Morgan Fox going to give you some interior pass rush. I think Tillery lightening the load on him and just kind of freeing him up to kind of be an interior sub rusher. I think you're going to get more out of him. Yes. So I think the pass rush is, is going to be greatly improved and I, and you got a superstar quarterback. So expectations are rightfully very high.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when, what that, you know, edge rushers what those guys will be able to do for the secondary and how much it improves the secondary just by having those guys up front. I mean, it's just, you know, obviously for Chargers fans, it's always hard. And the other thing is the AFC West is loaded and the AFC yeah. is loaded. Nobody really knows what's going to happen, but it seems like, on paper, the Chargers are right there with anyone. I mean, maybe the Bills I would give, you know, a clear edge. They've done it and they're adding mm-hmm. pieces to that team, but it's hard to find a team in this division that's as talented as the Chargers are on paper. They've been talented on paper before. They have to go get it done now. But special thank you to Daniel Jeremiah for joining us tonight. Special really special interview with you we've been trying to get done for a long time and we're very happy that you were able to get some time to come on with us tonight and share some great insights so again if you guys want to follow him on twitter you can find him at move the sticks you can also listen to him all the time on the move the sticks podcast with bucky brooks and you can hear him every chargers game on the radio when the chargers are doing that and you can always hear him color commentating so daniel jeremiah thank you so much for coming on again man we really really appreciate you coming on
1: well I just want to tell uh your listeners and Charger fans a couple things here. Number 1, um you you you've got a great show here and not only do you guys <laughs> know your stuff and you're passionate about it, but you're also very forgiving when your idiot guest is 10 minutes late. Oh so, stop so, it. <laughs> so so that, that that first and foremost. Secondly, um we you know and I say this as someone who's going to be calling these games and 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 paying attention to this team as close as you can like we did, you you got to put it out of your mind of the of what's failed in the past and waiting for something bad to happen. Let's totally. look at it this year. This is a loaded team. This is a stacked division. Every game's going to be an absolute blast. There's so many teams and their fans that are stuck watching crappy teams, and every Sunday they got to suffer through it. This is going to be a golden era for Chargers football, so everybody enjoy it.
0: Let's go. I mean, you can't ask for a much better send-off than that. I mean, I think the first two seasons me and David covered the team, they were 5-11. and 11. And four and 12. So this is going to be a really fun one, and it is going to be hard to kind of get rid of some of those scars. But, hey, man, thank you so much for making the time for us. And hopefully, you know, things go well. We'll get you back on again.
1: Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one.
0: All right. Well, another very special thank you to Daniel Jeremiah for coming on today's show. And special thank you to David for, you know, pursuing it as long as he did. It's something, you know, you got to go through a lot of hoops sometimes to get guests that big on the show. So special shout-out to David for that one because he came on. And he crushed it exactly like we thought. But since the last time we talked with everyone, David, the Chargers went out and signed running back Sony Michelle. We talked about that last week on Monday, right? We were talking about <laughs> hey, maybe this could be a guy that would make sense. Sure to it did. Like trading for someone like Alexander Madison, you can just have someone like this. Larry Roundtree has now been waived. That makes all the sense in the world just because it's like, hey, that was a spot the Chargers felt like they could go upgrade upon. But it doesn't necessarily mean Sony Michelle is RB four either. So David, what was just your first instinct? You know, what was your first, you know, reaction to when the Chargers went and brought in Sony Michelle?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was like, uh, okay, I mean, this this makes sense. This this is a move that we kind of, you know, not expected, but a little bit anticipated. You know, when he came out on the market, we are like, man, wow, a running back of this caliber, of this stature, a guy who's had playoff success, a guy who can do – has a very well-rounded skill set. It's just really surprising that a a, a guy like that became available. So um, it didn't make, uh, you know, too much uh, of a (laughs) – it didn't. It didn't take too long to figure out why this was a very good match. Sony Michelle is a very strong runner, has very soft hands, is very good in pass protection, and I feel like he's going to be a great complement to Austin Eckler. Yeah, I think
0: partially my first reaction was just kind of relief, you know, because like it seemed like a question got answered there. Yeah, because this is a guy, David. That for his career is average five four point two yards per carry over the last two seasons he's averaged four point five yards per carry and more importantly he's had a proven production and I'm yeah. high on Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller as well yeah but you have to think about it in worst case scenario if Austin Eckler goes down what do we how do we feel about the room I feel much better with it now that Sony Michelle's in it.
2: Yeah, it's a guy has experience, right? Like, he's done it. We've seen him do it. And it's not just one year. It's not two years. It's multiple years of him going out there and doing the job. And that's why it gives you – because this room was, was – outside of Austin Eckler, it's very, very young. You're looking it's at a second – unproven, sec- yeah. Yeah, second year running back, jo- Josh Kelly, a, a rookie. Third year. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Crazy, third year. Right? Excuse me. My goodness. Yeah. Third year. <laughs> and he he's looked so much better as well, but you know, Hey, when you got a guy that has already shown that he can do it at the highest level and he has that experience and you bringing that into the room, injuries happen and to have contingencies, to have quality players in the room, do you feel good about that? Makes this, makes this offense even more dynamic and, you know, gives you a little bit of peace of mind.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I just wonder what the sell job was, right? I wonder what the sales pitch was to Sony Michelle because he was with the Dolphins. He did get released, and they're you know running a different kind of offense there. And I yeah. read somewhere like, yeah, they just don't let skill position players in that run, you know, uh, over a four four, right? Just because they have so much speed over there. <laughs> yeah, but Sony Michelle doesn't fit that mold. He's not you know a speed guy. He's not a total bruiser in that sense. But he's a dude that just keeps making the right play. I think that's really all you need behind someone like Austin Eckler. You need somebody who's consistent, can consistently fall forward, get those tough yards and know, hey, is this a carry where I try to get more out of this or do I just take what I can get? That's something that Sony Michelle is able to do. I mean, he was important enough for the Rams, right, to trade a fourth and a sixth round pick last year to get him from the Patriots. I think the other part of this is too, David, is – the Chargers will know a lot about him because Brandon Staley did not coach him with the Rams. They missed each other by one year. But you know who Brandon Staley does know? A ton of coaches with the Rams, right? And one thing we've heard before with guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Morgan Fox, like, we really feel like we know this dude, right? And I think you would get kind of the same thing about Sony Michelle. And if you don't think that Brandon Staley was reaching out to all of those dudes to get every, you know, little piece of information he could out of them to make sure this was the right fit he did. The other thing is, David, you're adding to a position general strength right this yeah. isn't you bringing in sony michelle to be your you know running back one no but like you felt okay about josh kelly you felt good about yeah. what isaiah spiller could be you went and added a running back anyways and i do think you know we've talked about it before whether it's the rams last year signing odell right yeah. or you know bring well, i guess it was signing because the Browns just straight up released him <laughs> yeah but bringing in odell when you already have robert woods in cooper cup right the bucks the yeah. year before that you already have chris godwin and mike evans and you go and get antonio brown right you're just right adding two positions of strength and I think there's never a bad thing like you can't be worried okay well how many touches is Isaiah Spiller gonna get now right how many touches is Josh Kelly gonna get now because we brought in Sony Michelle it's like no this is a situation where now you really feel like you can have the hot hand right you have different options and I'm sure if those guys outplay Sony Michelle then they will get more carries but as far as what this means for Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller I think for Sony Michelle it's like hey that's a good problem to have what these dudes battle it out to use getting the next handoff after Austin Eckler
2: yeah absolutely and I think this is going to motivate them too I mean also be a, like a just a good role model in the room a guy that has done it and, and you know he's done it at a very very high level at championship level
0: and two you know? very good organizations too right the Patriots yeah. and now the and the Rams after that
2: Absolutely. So, I mean, I I think this is a great move. And hey, why is it ever a bad idea? Have you ever heard anyone say, I have too many running backs? I have too many good running backs. I have too many good wide receivers. I have too many good offensive linemen. No, of course not. It's never, ever a bad idea to add to your strengths. The rich. They just get even richer here with the Chargers running back room.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the other thing, too, is like, at least in the case with Isaiah Spiller, right? It's like, hey. We think you're going to grow into something nice. We haven't really got to see it, right? Got banged right. up in the preseason. But we still believe in you. We still believe in you. At the same time, we're not going like, to just wait and assume that's going to happen. I don't right. think this is an indictment of Isaiah Spiller's play at all. No. What I do think, though, is it's like, hey, we're not going to take any chances, right? We're not just going to take a chance that Josh Kelly's had a great preseason, and that's going right. to translate. We're not going to take a chance that a guy, you know, played against the SEC and is a fourth-round pick, and he's going to come in and be a star right away. Not yeah. that you need him to, but it's like, hey, we're just going to add to it anyways, right? And I think one of the other things, too, that's really nice about Tony Michelle is something that we've talked a lot about before, especially the lack thereof, and that is pass protection, right? Because, yes. I mean, as soon as Tony Michelle signed, you just see all these videos of him just blowing up <laughs> linebackers. And I think especially when you're talking about the Chargers and the offense that they run, I know Daniel Power tweeted the, athletic, the Athletics football show with Robert Mays, and they were talking about, hey, like a lot of the times last year when they wanted to go deep, they couldn't because somebody was missing something in pass protection, right? It was a, yeah. a tight end who's missing a block on a defensive end. It's a running back who's missing a block on a linebacker, and Josh Kelly was a prime example of that happening. Yeah. Tony Michelle, you can trust back there, and I think yeah. having that, I mean, 4.2 yards career per carry, that's great and everything. Having a dude who you can really trust back there, with Justin Herbert, I think is even more important.
2: It truly is, Daniel. I mean, honestly, that when you want to be able to, when you just need that extra second, and you just need that extra second for Justin Herbert to unleash an uh, absolutely beautiful pass down the football field, uh, you know you can do that now. You can be a little bit more creative. You can have a little bit more confidence in your offensive play, play calls when you have a guy that is going to be there to protect your quarterback. A guy that's yeah. going to keep that blitzing linebacker away that's going to be able to chip that defensive end to just get that extra second because that's what it takes at the NFL level. It's all about just getting a little bit more time, and we know what Justin Herbert can do with just a little bit of time. He's a special athlete with with very good intellect and a golden arm to match, so that could be the difference between a interception, a touchdown, or a throwaway. Oh, hundred
0: percent. I mean, it, and that can be the difference in a game, right? I mean, we, yeah. we saw it in pack games and Justin Herbert just gets smoked. I mean, one of the scariest things you can ever see is Justin Herbert just getting blindsided after somebody misses a block. Yeah. With, with this guy, I mean, I think you, you know, he's going to go to the right spot and, and that's just a certain level of comfort. And I mean, he, you know, he has to earn Justin Herbert's respect in that regard, but of course. you're getting a, a fully made product right? Yeah. Josh Kelly is still a work in progress to some extent. Isaiah Spiller is a work in progress. Progress. Austin Eckler is, you know what you're getting every yeah. time. And he always yes. is bringing that to the table. He's so consistent. He's so good. Sony Michelle is a proven commodity. And I think you can see here that me and David are both big fans of this, right? We had talked about Sony Michelle as an option, but even more than that, we talked about, Hey, when you're looking at this waiver wire, as these guys are getting released, that is somewhere where they can obviously upgrade, right? And it doesn't yes. mean he's RB4 now because he took Larry Roundtree's spot. No. But now maybe you have a 2A and 2B conversation, right, behind yeah. Austin Eckler. And last year it felt like the next running back after Austin Eckler was like RB6. And that's the kind of production they got out of that, right? So I think we're both fans of the move, and I think it's the Chargers continue to kind of pull out all of the stops to make sure it goes right this year in a year where they have to go on. And Daniel Jeremiah is saying, Hey, forget about the past. Forget about your Chargers scars. This is a very fun and exciting team, and they could be doing something special this season. Allow
2: yourself to enjoy it, Chargers fans.
0: You should, because it's going to hurt either way. I mean, you you might as well not just predetermine that the team is going to lose, but easier said than none, obviously, because I still think it in some games. So we're still getting over it, but I think last year was a step in the right direction, and this year we kind of have a chance for the Chargers to really show us Hey, we have the monkey off our back now. We are a different team. This is a different unit. It's a different quarterback, a different coach. We don't do those old charging things of the past. But we're going to get into that next week because next week, guys, (laughs) we have football. It's the first week of the season next week. And we have a very special week planned for you guys. We're going to be getting into individual projections on the Chargers, big players. Can Justin Herbert go in the MVP? We'll talk about some guys Our bold predictions, right? Some breakout candidates. We'll also just talk about what our expectations are for this team. Can they get to the promised land? Can they be as good as we think that they are on paper? We are bringing that all to you guys next week, but to make sure you don't miss it and to make sure you don't miss extra special guest interviews like we had on today's show, make sure you're going to follow Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find us every day for free. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you use, you can find us there. And you can also subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel, a community that's just really started over the last seven months and has really turned into you know, a world of its own. But we love everyone, podcasts, YouTube. Make sure you guys are following us or subscribing wherever you get your show from so you make sure that you never miss it. But you can also find it on all of our social media. We will put in the show out tomorrow with Daniel Jeremiah on it, obviously, and you can find it. For me at Dan Talk Sports on my Twitter, you can find it on David Drogemeyer's Twitter at talk SD. His DMs are always open. Or the show's page at Locked L A C. If you want to call in and tell us how much you'd love the Daniel Jeremiah interview, you can do that at 323-524-7924 in the lockdown On Chargers voicemail line. You can also find us at Locked On on Instagram and our lockdown Chargers Facebook page. But hey, thank you guys for coming in, supporting the show, making us your first listen today. We really appreciate it. But next week. It's go time, and you're going to want to hear us every single day of that. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.